I am very excited and delighted to tell you that your chronic illness ally is once again enrolling. If you're new around here, your chronic illness ally is the supportive home, the program, the community and the coaching space for you to learn how to reframe the role that your chronic illness plays in your life. It guides you off of that conveyor belt of constantly trying to fix and heal your chronic illness and teaches you how to tap into the wisdom of your body that's being communicated via your chronic illness so that you can channel it, channel that wisdom, channel that intelligence into living the big, beautiful life you dream about. If you enjoy this podcast, you will certainly love your chronic illness ally. There is a link to it in the show notes, but let me tell you, the funnest way to learn more about it is to do my quiz. And once you've done that, pop your email in at the end to learn more. And then sit back as I help you explore your unique support style, which will help you make an informed choice about whether your chronic illness ally is a hell yes fit for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Deep and radical self-acceptance help you better serve yourself and others. It helps you heal on a level that goes way beyond the remission of an illness or the reduction of symptoms. It helps you to live your life from a 360 perspective in a way that is completely aligned to you, your wants, your needs, which is let's think about it, a major turnaround from all the stuff we talked about earlier in the episode. Hello and welcome to Reframing Chronic Illness, a conversation that explores the lesser discussed side of living with a chronic illness or any other long-term health condition. I believe in harnessing the intelligence of chronic illness to help you live your life in a way that feels good and allows you to deeply heal and flourish. I'm Alana Holloway, holistic healing coach to humans who want to live life in a way that honours both their health and their dreams. I'm so happy to have you here. Hello and welcome to episode nine of the podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about the practice of acceptance, why I call it a practice and very much don't agree with it being a tick box exercise, why I think it's so often misunderstood and resisted and 
actually is an extension of that, why non-acceptance weirdly supports kind of the wellness industry at large, why it's one of the best things you can do to support your healing journey, and why I also think there is something missing from the whole kind of acceptance story, but why I also understand um, it being the way it is, and how acceptance of all that you are serves way more people than you alone. That's quite a lot, eh? <laughs> um, but before I get into it, I um, want to tell you about a new way that you can work with me one-on-one. I've created a lovely, juicy, six-month-long coaching experience, which is something I've wanted to offer for ages now. It's very much designed to support your unique healing journey. And its focus is all about supporting you in honouring and embracing your dreams, ambitions and desires without condition and without sacrifice. Because, and this is quite a radical thing to say, not only is it more than okay to go after your ambitions and to acknowledge that you have ambitions at the same time as living with chronic illness or a long-term health condition, it's also possible, completely possible, for you to start living out those dreams and desires without, A, waiting to be healed or fixed before you start, so not kind of putting those dreams and desires on the back burner until you're healed, or, B, doing it in a way that completely disregards your health, which both of those things are pretty much a status quo. Um, if you would like to find out more about it, you can go onto my website or type into your search bar, alanaholloway.com forward slash one hyphen one hyphen coaching. And I'll also link to it in the show notes. Right, let's go. So in this world of instant gratification and kind of doing things just so that you can get on to the next thing and, you know, go to the next level, having the patience to work at something and build something into your life that will likely bring up feelings of discomfort, likely bring up some pain before it brings about any kind of benefit is really hard and I get that and I've been there. (laughs) Acceptance took me a long time to understand, let alone even getting to the stage where I was ready to kind of practice acceptance. But since I have been practicing it, there have been many, many, many moments where I've been bloody thankful I stuck at it. So I'm going to start this story from the place that I think a lot of us meet acceptance. And it's certainly from the place that I met acceptance. And that's a place of resistance, misunderstanding, confusion and disconnection. I'd love for you to think about what acceptance in the context of your health means to you. 
Notice the words that come to mind and the way it feels within your body. For me, on the one hand, acceptance was something I often heard spoken about in the world, world worlds of self-development, healing and mindfulness. I had begun to look at it as a step I needed to take if I ever wanted to truly heal. And that's a really interesting pattern of thought. And I'll get to talking about that in a bit. But on the other hand, when I thought of acceptance and the challenges with my health that I was experiencing, huge amounts of resistance came into my body. But why? Especially if I was hearing it being spoken about in such a positive light. And I think it's because despite that positive kind of light it was being spoken um, spoken in, I couldn't help but question, why would I ever accept the way I was feeling? Wouldn't that mean I would be giving up and giving in to feeling how I felt at that moment for the foreseeable and possibly the rest of my life? And isn't healing all about doing everything in my power not to feel that way? Wouldn't accepting my health as it was mean that I would have failed? And so there were really opposing views about what acceptance meant to me. So I kind of started to dig into where these thoughts and feelings were coming from. And as I got more curious about the whole thing, I started to pick up on phrases such as, so you're just going to accept this and give up, eh? Being spoken in films and on TV. And even when I googled synonyms for acceptance, a real mixed bag of results came up, including words such as undertaking and tackling, welcoming and embracing, tolerating and enduring, suffering and integrating. And it was a bit like, okay, I get it now. Because when I applied that kind of body of information to the way I felt about acceptance in the context of living with my chronic illness and my health challenges, I was like, oh, okay, that is why I'm getting nowhere. That's why every time I try to practice acceptance, I just... I just don't get it. There's a huge disconnect between what I'm thinking in my head and what I'm feeling in my body. There's a huge amount of confusion over what it means. And I just feel like I'm misunderstanding the whole thing. So kind of deep into exploring mode by now, I continued to question why acceptance was so important to me and my healing and why why it was being spoken about so much in the healing or self-development mindfulness spaces. And so to understand that better, I started to consider the alternative to acceptance. And that would have been to remain in a space of non-acceptance. And I thought about what that would mean to me if I was to stay as I was in that headspace of resisting acceptance and continuing to excuse me, buy into the notion 
of it being all about giving up and giving in and resigning yourself to the situation as it was. I don't know if you can hear the wind whistling outside. It is a very windy day. Anyway, when I thought about all these things, when I thought about staying in that space and staying in that headspace and and kind of coming up against almost a wall when I when I thought of acceptance and not accepting my health challenges and not accepting who I was, it made me really, really sad. Because whilst I really didn't want to accept that I would possibly feel as I was feeling, both mentally and physically, for any amount of time longer, let alone the rest of forever, and I will come back to that point, I also realised that if I didn't accept that, if I didn't accept that that would be a possibility, I would actually be accept accepting that I, I just didn't, I would be accepting that I didn't accept myself, right? And because with acceptance, in the kind of sphere of acceptance, also comes love and compassion and release And the thing that made me really sad is that by remaining in a space of non-acceptance meant that I wouldn't be accepting myself, my very being, my kind of whole, whole existence. Because, and I think this is what it comes down to for me, our illnesses or health challenges aren't separate from us. No matter how much we want them to be, they're not. They are a part of us. And that's not something to kind of, I suppose, get down about because we're not our health challenges. We, we aren't our illnesses. They, they don't kind of make us, they don't define us. And so to not accept them, whilst they don't define us, they are part of us, to not accept them means that we don't accept everything that makes us us. And therefore, we can't accept our whole selves. And that is very sad. Because not only are we wonderful, you know, beautiful beings that deserve to be accepted, at least by ourselves... When we don't accept ourselves, we can't actually take a path of healing that is truly aligned to who we are and therefore truly effective. Because when we operate from non-acceptance, we're ignoring or we're unwilling to accept or acknowledge part of our picture. And there I had a bit of a penny drop. Because everything kind of started to fall into place for me. But before I talk more about that penny drop, I had an interesting realisation about this point regarding what happens when you operate from a place of non-acceptance. And this is kind of coming back to what I said earlier about feeling in the very kind of initial stages of trying to understand acceptance, 
about feeling that it was something I needed to do if I ever wanted to truly heal. And in that view, I was viewing it as a tick box exercise. I was viewing it as the next step I needed to take. And this kind of notion of taking action to fix things, so the action being acceptance, the fixing being in needing to fix the part of me that I didn't accept. Um, This all gets a bit confusing, but hopefully you're sticking with me. So the notion of taking action to fix things or feeling you need to acquire kind of like a bunch of gold coins in order to be awarded the prize of being healed, that notion thrives off of non-acceptance. And as long as you're trying to heal in a way that is, albeit subconsciously, not aligned to you, aka operating from a place of non-acceptance, the more and longer you will be in search of that gold coin or of that silver bullet or of that quick fix to get you to the next level. It's this kind of self-perpetuating cycle. It's a rinse and repeat of needing to fix, suppress, consume. And it's a cycle that consequently feeds the wellness industry at large. And I'm, I am talking really about the industry of wellness. I'm not talking about the lovely kind of, for want of a better word, artisan, you know, people and practices within the wellness industry. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, the kind of big wellness, let's, let's call it. Um, so that's just something to think about. Long lasting or deep healing can't just be about going to see someone to get a diagnosis of A, B, C and then being prescribed kind of a protocol that deals with just those things. Healing is about the much bigger, wider picture that goes beyond even finding the root causes. I mean, that's that's an amazing thing to be able to identify and find the root causes, but I really believe that deep healing goes beyond that. It, it goes, it's about peeling back the layers and looking at what led to those root causes and looking at the kind of behaviours and the beliefs and the stories we hold as very, very unique individuals that keep those root causes alive, right? So where do we go from here? When you start to look into it, it's actually funny how much non-acceptance manifests in your everyday life. And so much of non-acceptance comes from trying to live a life in a way that adheres to the societal norms that pleases the status quo and the other people around us. It can be something as small as, for instance, ignoring the fact that you're cold and so not getting a jumper or turning the heating on because you've been told over and over again that summer equals not being allowed to be cold. Or it can be something like not going to bed when you're tired because 
you're an adult and adults go to bed no earlier than 9.30pm, right? Or never addressing that you're a person who has a tendency to overcommit because people-pleasing and therefore you're always running late or having to cancel. And as silly or as small as these examples may seem, they can be a really, really good place to start practicing acceptance in a way that feels safe so that you can gradually build up to the bigger stuff. They're also a really simple example of how acceptance doesn't equal giving up. It doesn't mean having to give into uh, feeling how you currently feel or being how you currently are forever. It is exactly the opposite. Because looking at these examples, acceptance would lead, accepting that you're cold would lead to you going to get a jumper so you could be warm, right? Or it would, acceptance would allow you to go to bed earlier and get the amount of sleep you needed. Or it would help you to learn how to plan your time without overcommitting. And in that, it is non-acceptance that keeps you stuck. It's non-acceptance that means giving in and giving up. It's non-acceptance that means having to feel and be as you are for, you know, any moment longer. That fear of, of, of being having to be as you are for any moment longer in the context of chronic illness. That would be, you know having to live with your symptoms for any moment longer. It's, and I'm talking about R in that moment. I'm not talking about R on the whole, by the way. So I think that's why I believe acceptance is one of the best things you can practice, not only to support your health, but to support a more joyful and smooth and I want to say productive, not that life is all about being productive, but but productive life. Because acceptance translates into all parts of your very being. It's, it's beyond your health challenges. It's your personality type. It's your human tendencies. It's your relationships, the way you work, your family life. And in this, it becomes very clear how true, deep and radical acceptance benefits not only you, but the people around you and the things you're connected with. And if you go even further, acceptance benefits how you show up in the world and how you contribute to society and culture and community. I experienced a very real, imperfect example of how operating from a place of acceptance has changed things for me. When I needed to divert a lot of my energy towards caring for a loved one. Pre-acceptance, Alana, would have cared for my loved one, but in a way that meant sacrificing myself and my needs. I would have become increasingly tired, probably shorter-tempered. 
I would have felt horrible. I would have been quite sloppy. I would have been unable to do all the things I needed to do in my life. I would have had to put those on the back burner. I would have been a ghost at work. And I know I would have ended up flaring to some extent. And that's because... I wouldn't have been working with my needs. I would have been in that kind of mode of pushing through and pretending I could do it all and trying to perform at a level that I expected of myself for whatever reason. And in this experience of a couple of weeks ago, I operated from a place of, I would say, post and present acceptance. And that version of Alana approached the situation in an entirely different way. The way that I have learned to live and care for myself, the practice that I've built for myself, the the planning that I do to care for myself it didn't get thrown up the window to make space for caring for my loved one because I knew that in order to show up in the way that I wanted to do I couldn't let my needs slip I couldn't let I couldn't put them on the back burner because I owed that to myself and to the person I was caring for I refer back to the old story of needing to put my oxygen mask on first. And I always kind of laugh at this story because the context of that story is when a plane is crashing. And so what that tells us is that you need to put your oxygen mask on on first, but you do that when you're in emergency. You do that when the plane's crashing. However... We should be putting our oxygen masks on first before the plane crashes, before you're in a state of emergency. Because that's when it's most effective. (laughs) And in kind of this experience, as I say, it was completely imperfect. I, I did trip up. I did revert back to old ways. I did find myself you know, becoming a bit tired and groggy. and But in that, I, I noticed, I noticed quite quickly. I didn't, I didn't kind of have to wait a couple of weeks to, you know, kind of experience the fallout of it all and be like, oh my God, you know, what did I do? I, I was able to notice in the moment and make adjustments in the moment. And the amazing thing was, for me, that on the whole... I didn't end up feeling completely drained and exhausted and symptomatic and needing to take a week to recover from the whole thing as I had expected to, to be quite honest, because that was, that's, you know, so much, so kind of deeply ingrained within my evidence bank is, are these feelings of feeling drained, exhausted, symptomatic after having to divert my energy, you know, to another place and... And I didn't feel those things. And I was like, oh, this is, this is, this is new. This is, this is great. And I came out of the whole thing feeling pretty unscathed and actually quite positive. 
And on that high, I suppose, it was just a moment of like, imagine what would be possible if we all started approaching everything we do in our lives from a place of total acceptance, from a place of having put on our oxygen masks way before we get to emergency. And when we approach these things with total acceptance, not only acceptance doesn't exist on an island on its own, there are all these wonderful things that get bundled in with it as kind of an added bonus. It's you know, self-compassion and self-understanding and self-belief, trust, respect and worth. And this is what I think is missing from the whole acceptance story, because not only does deep and radical self-acceptance help you better serve yourself and others, it helps you heal on a level that goes way beyond the remission of an illness or the reduction of symptoms. It helps you to live your life from a 360 perspective in a way that is completely aligned to you, your wants, your needs, which is, let's think about it, a major turnaround from all the stuff we talked about earlier in the episode. You know, all the kind of giving up and giving in stuff we talked about. And to top it all off, It helps you go out into the world and spread the healing ripple effect of it all. So to bring this story to a close, I would love for you to think about and really feel within your body how the deep and radical acceptance of all that you are, health challenges included, chronic illness included, feels to you as you look at it in this new light. I am so happy to be walking alongside you on this acceptance journey. And before I forget, I am going to be dedicating the last episode of this series to answer all your questions in a bit of a Q&A style. So If you have something that you would like me to cover or answer, you can send me an email at hello at alanaholloway.com and I will add your question to the list. I will also add my email link to the show notes. And remember, check out my one-to-one coaching experience. It would be a delight to work with you. Much love. Thank you for listening to this episode of Reframing Chronic Illness with me, Alana Holloway. If you have a moment, I'd be so grateful if you'd rate, review and share it with anyone you think would enjoy it too. Rates and reviews mean that it's much easier for others to find this podcast, which all helps in getting this message out there. If you'd like to continue the conversation, you can subscribe to my newsletter via my website, alanaholloway.com. In my newsletter, I talk all about how you can harness the intelligence of your chronic illness or long-term health condition in order to deeply heal and flourish. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Bringing on board the right kind of support can be the missing piece of the puzzle that so many of us don't realise we actually need. What would you do if you had the most epic support squad by your side? What would that unleash in you and what would it make possible for you in your life? If you're wondering how to start figuring that out, if you've got no idea where to start, I've got the perfect thing for you. My quiz, are you more Michelle, Gaga or Mindy? And what would their support squad unleash in you is now live. You can find the link to it in the show notes and in the bio. Don't wait another moment. Hop on over to the quiz to find out who you're channeling now.